another episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, I speak with Jake Burns of the Orange and Brown Report and Browns Wire managing editor Jared Mueller as we get everybody set up for this Sunday's kickoff against the Cleveland Browns. But first, as always on this podcast, we start off with Chiefs Wire managing editor Charles Goldman. Okay, Charles, what do you believe was the most significant move made by the Chiefs this offseason? Now, a lot of people are going to point to the investments that that Brett Veach and the Chiefs made on the offensive line, but I really like the move to go out and get uh, former Seahawks defensive tackle Jaron Reed. When he was released and they had the opportunity to go out and get him in free agency, I think that was just a really smart move. It's going to clearly improve the team's run defense, which you know in the past has been a problem. But it's also going to improve the pass rush, right? Not just because of what Reed can do, but it's obviously it's allowing for Chris Jones to make that full-time switch to to defensive end, uh, with the exception of those third and long passing downs where where Spagnuolo will move him inside for the NASCAR package that he likes to run. But um, I I think that that the Reed move is good. He provides some pass rush uh, capabilities himself. I mean, if you look back at... uh, the season, I think it was 2018, that he had with with uh, Frank Clark over in Seattle. I mean, you think he had like 12 and a half sacks or 10 and a half sacks. That, that was a like, really good season from a defensive tackle. Hasn't been as productive since, but this is the most talented defensive line that he's been on since then. So I think it's going to be big for him rushing the passer, but also, I mean, moving Chris Jones out to end. I mean, he already had two sacks in the preseason. And sure, he's probably not going against the top guys all the time, but but he was going against some good players, and it's clear that he can do these things to just about anyone. He's just dominant. How confident are you in the young offensive lineman playing significant snaps this season? Very confident. Very confident in this group. A lot of people are knocking the team for basically having a trio of rookie starters in Humphrey, Smith, and Yang, and... I mean, oh, woe is me. They've never played an NFL snap. Well, guess who has played an NFL snap? The former starters that those rookies beat out in training camp to earn their current starting jobs. I mean, Mike Remmers, Austin Blythe, Andrew Wiley, um, you know, Kyle Long obviously had the injury, but Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, that's a guy who started and won the Super Bowl for us, and you have Trey Smith beating him out. And people are going to knock the Chiefs for for playing this guy as a rookie? Come on. Come on. The idea that the Chiefs are forced to play these guys, it's just so wrong. They're playing these guys because they're damn good football players. And and the preseason even showed that. One pressure. One pressure allowed between the trio of Humphrey, Smith, and Yang. I I think it was Smith who's been like one of the most praised players at at Chiefs camp. Sixth round draft pick. I think he's the one who allowed the pressure. And then they had no penalties called on any of them. Um, So, I mean, will there be a few miscues on Sunday and throughout the season? Absolutely. But that's going to be true of any offensive line that has five new starters. But this idea that these guys are somehow going to be unprepared to play in the NFL because they have no NFL snaps, it's just, it's asinine. Absolutely asinine. Do you believe the defense will take another step forward in year three under Spagnuolo? Yeah, I think we've already seen it start to happen. I mean, the the all three of the preseason games, the defense was just lights out. They were 
fantastic. Allowed few yards, no scores. Uh, really good against the run game. Uh, just, just really competitive all around. I think that the defensive line, it's the most diverse front that that Spagnuolo's had to work with since he's been in Kansas City. And, and there are just so many guys who can play multiple roles. you got Chris Jones, Tershawn Wharton, Mike Dana. Uh, so they're all going to be kind of mixing and matching, and, and that's going to make it tough uh, on, on a defense. Uh, excuse me, on an offense. But uh, then you got the linebacker group, too. They're trending in the right direction. Uh so long as Willie Gay Jr. can get healthy, but you've got Anthony Hitchens who who dropped some weight uh, this off season and is looking faster than he ever has. Ben Neiman's actually playing decent football. I don't don't kill me, guys, but he's actually he's playing better than he has uh, since he's been with the Chiefs. It might not be flashy, but he's playing like complimentary football, helping free up Hitch, helping free up Bolton, uh, helping free up Gay when when he was healthy to get you know get out there and get after it. But um, and that's what he's supposed to do, right? That's that's kind of what his role is. But and then the secondary. I mean, you know, you've got a, a fairly veteran group there. I mean, you've got uh, an ascendant young player in Legarius Sneed, who's coming into his second year, and uh, and Mike Hughes, and those are like your basically your two new newest guys in the secondary. Their their group of safeties. You know, these are guys who've all been here and uh, played at a high high level for a long time. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, you got Charvarius Ward as a stalwart. I mean, he, he's not exactly the flashiest cornerback, but he, he is what he is. He can handle uh, some of those big bodies that are out there at the receiver position and does a good job there. So I, I think that, I think that this group is going to, um, really surprise some people this year. I think they will take another step forward and, you know, it, it's always been since 2018, they, they don't necessarily want to be like, you know, the reason that the Chiefs are, are losing or, or not winning certain games. They want to be a part of the, the picture, a part of the piece, why the team is winning games. And I think they're going to take their biggest step forward toward that this year. Will the departure of Sammy Watkins affect the offense this season? I really think that this point about Sammy Watkins and his impact on the offense is a little bit overstated. I know that, you know, when he first got injured that there was, you know, some stat going around about, you know, how much of a, a point difference he made on the offense and yada, yada, yada. Um, but the thing is, Watkins was just simply a piece of the puzzle, right? And when he was on the field, he made a difference. There is, there's no denying that he absolutely did. He was a guy who could beat that single coverage when the Chiefs needed him to. Um, he came up with some super clutch catches, especially in the Super Bowl uh, winning, um, you know, run there. But at the same time, when he wasn't on the field, which was often because of injuries, the team relied on other guys to get the job done, and most of those players are still here. Marcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, Miko Hardman, uh, even even uh, um, Marcus Kemp. I mean, he he didn't have so much as contributions on uh, offense, but uh, anyhow, um, I think the offense is going to keep ticking without Watkins. Will it be quite as efficient? Will they score as many points? Probably not. Maybe uh, we'll see. But. I, I, I do think that they'll be able to go on without him and still find success.
How confident are you in the running back room, most notably Clyde Edwards-Alaire, as the full-time starter? I think this is one of the best groups that the Chiefs have had in a long time. Their roles are pretty clear, too. Edwards-Alaire, of course, he's going to be the feature back. He'll be in for the majority of the snaps on offense, uh, working the running and the passing game. Then you've got Daryl Williams, who uh, can handle the short yardage and third down situations, as he did kind of towards the end of last season. Then Jarek McKinnon, he's your change of pace back. And uh, I expect him to kind of come in the game, you know, when the Chiefs plan to throw the ball or utilize empty sets, because he's proven to be one of the better pass catching backs on the team. And lastly, are there any particular stories from Chiefs Wire you would like to highlight from the offseason? We've got plenty of great preview content coming ahead of the game on Sunday from our Behind Enemy Lines series to our stat predictions. Just a ton of stuff coming out. Um, be sure to check out all of that as it debuts over the next few days over at ChiefsWire.com. Uh, for the non-preview content, uh, I just did a pretty cool feature on Andrew Wiley, Michael Hardman, and Armani Watts speaking to the CEO and COO of uh, the Kansas City Pioneers esports team, which they've all joined that uh, as content creators over the past um, year or so. And uh, that, that was a pretty fun interview. It was nice to kind of get get uh, an inside look, I guess, at one, what the pioneers are interested in doing, you know, bringing these professional athletes in and kind of finding that that intersection between esports and traditional sports. So check that out. As always, uh, we appreciate you guys reading, listening and interacting on social media. Let's get this season started right. <laughs> That's with a win, right? <laughs> Go Chiefs. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me. I have a couple of questions, obviously, we got leading into this game. And since I know you covered the Browns so closely, I'm curious for your thoughts on these things. What is your expectation from the Browns fan base heading into the season? The Browns certainly expect the, 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 the organization, the team, to take the next step in 2021. That next step after going 11-5 and and reaching – the divisional round of the playoffs, as we know, uh, that loss in Kansas City that was tough to swallow, is all about, uh, you know, the the defensive improvement that has happened uh, in both levels, both pass rush and and cover, uh, cover players and corner and safety. Uh, the expectation is to take the next step, improve upon the eleven wins with the additional game this year, you know, reach the twelve thirteen win number, and then push in the playoffs for their first home playoff game in a substantial amount of time since 1994, trying to win the division for the first time since 1989, back when they were in the AFC Central Division, and then obviously trying to push toward an AFC Championship berth or potential Super Bowl berth. So on paper, this roster is is fully capable of uh, the high expectations that are put out in front of them. So, you know, luck willing, injury luck willing, if they can get some of those things to work in their favor, I think they have a really good opportunity uh, to to push past the eleven and five number last year, and really uh, you know drive Buffalo, drive Kansas City, challenge for the AFC Championship as well. So those expectations are firmly in place, and I think they have the talent to do uh, to, to to actually meet those uh, expectations this year, as opposed to some previous years when they've there's been some hype around them in the preseason. 
Do you believe Odell Beckham Jr. would be a positive or a negative in the progression of Baker Mayfield? Obviously, last year was a bit difficult for the Browns, uh, you know, as the year started with being able to uh, put the best version of their offense on the field. You know, this was a group that was heading into a new scheme, a new coach, new philosophies, new GM, all of it, very little communication time before the season. And I think that that was evident in how they approached the run game, leaning on that through the early portions of the year and really not being collectively on the same page in the passing approach. Uh, both downfield and play action, uh, whatever way you want to look at it, they were not very cohesive collectively. Now, I think as you wore toward the the week eight bye last year, you could see things starting to come together that coincidentally coincided with an, uh, an Odell Beckham ACL injury. I do think if Odell would have played the rest of the year, you would have saw him improve much like the rest of the offense improved. So there's been this conversation in Cleveland around, you know, are the Browns better without Odell Beckham? And I think that that's just a fallacy uh, as a way to to sort of gloss past the idea that everybody from the coach to the quarterback to the offensive line to, to tight ends, wide receivers, all improved when they actually got some time to spend around each other, practice, and get into games and play games that mattered. And, you know, it's just like anything in life. Experience helps, and, and the Browns needed experience, not getting those OTAs, the mini camp, all of that stuff, very limited training camp. All of it mattered. No preseason. So, yeah, it was kind of ironic that Odell's injury happened. The Browns took off. But I think you have to keep a pick, you, the, the eye on the big picture here where the Browns got better because they were exposed more to opportunities to get better. I think Odell would have come along as Baker came along. So I expect Odell to be a big part of the Browns' offense this year and, and, and definitely a guy who helps the scenario more than hurts it. So there is a, a reasonable expectation and a realistic and plausible outcome where Odell has a nice bounce-back year and Baker is uh, much better with Odell as the offense should be far sharper and, and much better structured to, to find even more success in 2021. And what player not named Patrick Mahomes concerns you the most on the Chiefs? If we can't say Patrick Mahomes, then it is it is definitely going to be Travis Kelsey. Certainly an argument that he's the best tight end to ever play the position is a wide receiver on the field, a security blanket, a deep threat, an underneath threat, everything. And he is he is the engine that makes the offense go in Kansas City, in my opinion. Now you have Tyreek Hill, we all know from the outside looking in, is as dangerous as they come. But I think the Browns actually match up with Denzel Ward fairly well there if they decide to do that but I think if they decided to double team or box Travis Kelsey I think that makes the most sense to me because Kelsey is the guy who should strike the most fear in any uh, team going up against defensively against Kansas City because he is as dangerous as they come at the position and uh, is is just is just really a tough cover for bigger guys or smaller guys trying to cover him due to the physicality and if you're if you're a bigger guy trying to cover him he he can create separation at all levels of the field so if you have any dream of stopping Kansas City's offense uh, you definitely have to to look at stopping Travis Kelsey or at least containing him as a means to to keeping Kansas City from throwing up a ton of points, in my opinion. You could obviously pick Tyreek Hill. You could pick uh, Tyron Matthew on defense or, or, or Chris Jones or whoever. But just to me, 
the guy that stands out as the difference maker above all difference makers at his position is obviously Travis Kelsey. So that is the guy that I would say Cleveland should be preparing for most. And as a, as a person covering the opposing team, thinking about how the Browns will go about this game, he is the guy that I would fear the absolute most. So Travis Kelsey it is, but he is among many, many weapons in that Kansas City uh, franchise right now. Jake, thank you again for your time. And make sure to check out Jake and all the great work he does on the Orange and Brown Report. Okay, I'm joined now by Jared Mueller. He is the Browns Wire Magic Editor. Jared, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, looking forward to this week's Kansas City Chiefs-Cleveland Browns game. Uh, it's an exciting time to be an NFL fan and an exciting time for both franchises. So I appreciate getting the time to, to chat about Browns-Chiefs week one. I got to start off with this question. Do you think the Browns still believe they let an opportunity get away in a divisional round loss? Yeah, you know, you know, I think they do. Um, I think they realize that, you know, you get an opportunity to play the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes goes out early and then you get obviously the anything is possible. They do really think they that they let an opportunity to get away, but I think they also realize that it would have been very difficult for them uh, to do much after that at some level. Anything is possible, literally, not anything is possible. Um, but the reality for the Browns is they look at where their roster was last year without without Odo Beckham Jr. Uh, with a defense that really was significantly limited to really who they believe is three or four good players. Um, you know, they think they let an opportunity get away. Uh, obviously, the Dan Sorensen hit on Rashard Higgins at the goal line uh, that they and obviously the fans believe was, you know, an, an illegal hit to the head that that led to the fumble and all of that. Uh, there are some things there, obviously, Chad Henney, that that stick out and that are memorable for the Browns. Uh, and they do think they let it get away, but they also realize their team was not ready for much more than that. And that if obviously Patrick Mahomes was playing, it probably would have looked a lot different and they would be less thrilled with the final score outcome. So for them, it really was motivation going into this year, into this offseason, into a revamped defense, uh, as well as just the excitement of getting Odell Beckham Jr. back. Who are the key players on defense? Wow, that is a huge question. Who are the key players on defense? Um, you know, for, for the Browns, it's Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, really are kind of the, the two guys that uh, are kind of left over that were kind of their mainstays along with Ronnie Harrison. Uh, Sheldon Richardson was the other quality defender uh, who has actually moved on. Uh, they released him, tried to bring him back. He went to Minnesota, back to Minnesota. Um, but the rest of the defense, uh, you know, I think it would be John Johnson, the third, uh, one of their key additions in free agency. They really believe that uh, Johnson really helps them in, in a variety of ways. Uh, he, he plays well in coverage. He plays well against the run. Very smart, very athletic, uh, really one of the best safeties in the NFL. I think he gives the Browns just so much versatility uh, and, and an ability. Again, no one really stops the Chiefs, but he gives the the Browns the ability to, to do a lot of creative things. Um, and then you obviously with Ward and Garrett, you have 
two of the better young players uh, at their positions. And so I think the Browns see those three as kind of their core. But the reality is they've added so many pieces to that defense. Troy Hill as their kind of their slot nickel corner to play inside. Greg Newsom, uh, the second, who was drafted in the first round. Uh, Grant Delpit returns from injury from uh, his rookie season. He didn't play at all. Greedy Williams didn't play at all last year. Jadavion Clowney, Tack McKinley, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, Anthony Walker. They're, the names go on and on on the defense. And so um, those are really the, the three key guys are Ward, Garrett, and JJ3. Uh, but the reality is the, for the Browns, it's all of these new additions that will be key to trying to slow down or make enough big plays that the, the, the Chiefs offense doesn't dictate and control the game. And one of the things that you saw all offseason and all of their additions is the Browns valued speed. Obviously, when you think of Kansas City and their offense, you think of speed. And so you can tell that the Browns were thinking of the Chiefs, thinking of the Bills, and thinking of the Baltimore Ravens when they made their defensive upgrades. They didn't do a lot uh, to upgrade kind of the beef and the strength in the middle of the defense to look at teams like the Tennessee Titans and the Las Vegas Raiders. Instead, it very much was speed to try to combat the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Ravens. Okay, let's switch to the other side. How about the key players on offense for the Browns? On offense, it has to be, uh, obviously, Baker Mayfield. The quarterback is always going to be the key. He had a great second half of last year. Everything just came together for him. Uh, Last year was the first year he played under center. Last year, uh, during all the limitations of COVID, uh, they did a lot to change kind of how he played the position, including what foot started back first. So a lot of retooling, uh, a lot of play action that he wasn't used to, uh, and he really came out in the second half of the season. Uh, but for me, it's it's Odell Beckham Jr., and it's another three-letter player. Donovan Peoples-Jones was an exciting, um, was the star of the offseason of training camp for the Cleveland Browns. He showed that he has the upside to be a quality number one, number two wide receiver in the NFL, maybe even starting this year. He has size, he has speed, he has good hands. There are so many things about uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones that uh, we're just really excited to see. And I think he really opens up the offense a little differently, uh, a little bit more dynamically than what a Jarvis Landry does or even a Rashard Higgins. Uh, So looking at Baker Mayfield, OBJ, and DPJ, uh, the Browns have a some weapons and some interesting things going on in their pass game that can allow them to possibly keep up with a high-powered offense like the Kansas City Chiefs. Add into that, obviously, great offensive line, uh, the return of Nick Chubb uh, and Kareem Hunt. Uh, there's, There's a lot of key players, but I think for the Browns to take that next level step to be different than they were in 2020, the key is going to be Odell Beckham Jr., Donovan Peoples Jones, and Baker Mayfield. Which player are you looking forward to seeing in week one? You know, for me, it really is going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Looking forward to uh, the the player that I'm really looking forward to. Well, there's really two. I got to be honest. I have been begging for a safety, a versatile safety uh, like John Johnson III. I really have some high hopes for Grant Delpit. Injuries are going to continue to limit him as he kind of comes back from that Achilles injury. But Jeremiah Wusu koromoa 
he has something on the defense that the Browns don't have anywhere else. And that is uh, his ability with speed and hitting. And so we saw it in preseason, his ability to rush the passer and his ability to get out in coverage. He was beat off the line where uh, he thought he took on the tight end as uh, the tight end was going to be blocking on the play. The tight end released and, and JOK was out of position very, very quickly and very, very quickly. He was back in position, uh, making the tackle for like a one or a two yard gain. Uh, JOK gives the Browns some opportunities uh, to do some creative things uh, along with everything else they have going on on the defense just because of his pure speed. Now he's undersized. It's very obvious when you look at him on the field next to the rest of the linebackers, defensive line, all of that. He does look like a safety, even a cornerback uh, lined up next to those bigger guys. Um, but if you can't catch him, you can't block him. And he showed that that is something that he is able to use. And then he comes with authority. Some of his hits at Notre Dame, his hits during preseason, you see that the guy is able to lay a lick on players uh, because he comes with such ferocity and such speed. And so to see him, uh, you know, as a hang defender, whether that's Kelsey, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, um, you know, even against, you know, Pringle, Hardman, you know, whatever it is, just to see him in coverage, uh, as well as rushing Patrick Mahomes uh, to give a little bit of an extra to Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, Tag McKinley. I think JOK is going to be the, the one player that uh, will stick out to Browns fans and to Chiefs fans uh, when we get done with this game, no matter what the end result is. And lastly, what is your prediction for the game? Do you think the Browns will avenge the playoff loss on Sunday? <laughs> so predicting this game is going to be very interesting. Obviously, the Tyron Matthew um, COVID-19 situation, uh, if that hasn't been resolved, you know, that is going to be that's going to be difficult. Right. Is, is he available to play? Is he was he symptomatic? Was he healthy? Uh, you know, what does that look like? Obviously, he's a veteran, but I think he's a key component of their defense, obviously. Uh, but I think the reality is I think the Browns want this game more than the Chiefs do. I think the Chiefs would like to win, but I think the Browns feel a level of need to win, need to kind of put their foot in the ground early in the season and push off from there. I think the I think Cleveland believes they have an opportunity uh, for the number one seed in the AFC. They see the benefit of that in a 17-game season. And so I think it means more to the Browns than it does to Kansas City. I think they've been planning for this since the divisional round. And so I think you're looking at a Cleveland 38, Kansas City 35. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me. I appreciate being on. I look forward to uh, the Chiefs Wire coverage of this game. Uh, I will make sure that all the Browns fans, if they want to see behind enemy lines, uh, and I want to see kind of your guys' coverage, we'll get get them over to you. I appreciate uh, you guys having me on. And uh, listen, we always end our our podcast with Go Browns, but uh, I hope we have a great week one Browns versus Chiefs. It should be exciting and perhaps an AFC championship game preview for 2021 season, even though that'll happen in January, February of 2022. 
I want to take a moment to thank my guest Jake Burns as well as Jarrett Mueller sharing their thoughts on the Cleveland Browns heading into their matchup against the Chiefs this Sunday. And we look forward to all your responses via our Twitter at the Chiefs Wire, letting us know what you think of the team as well as everything going into the 2021 season. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Check us out next week. <laughs>